Good morning, church. Right on. Um, I tell you what, I am not capable but, capable, but Christ is. So let me, one more time, I think it's good to soak a morning in prayer. Do you? Right on. So let, let me pray one more time. Jesus, thank you for today. God, thank you for the opportunity to present your word. God, I pray once again, it's been prayed several times, but again, I pray that I just hide behind you, that I hide behind your cross. Jesus, that the words that are said are your words, that you would lead my words, that you would lead my actions, that you would lead my thoughts, Holy Spirit, that you would move in this room. God, it is not about Corey Hammond, because in 300,000 years, Corey Hammond doesn't matter, but Jesus Christ does. I pray that you get the glory for this morning, because you are the reason we are here. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, well, I'm going to ask a really quick question, okay? You don't have to answer it out loud if you don't want to, or you can. It's up to you. Uh, has something ever devastating happened to you? Okay. And maybe it didn't happen to you. Maybe it happened to someone around you, right? Maybe something devastating just happened to someone you know, or maybe a family member, or maybe a kid, or you know, something devastating happened to you. And something devastating happened to me uh, very recently, actually. Um, you know, because when something devastating happens, it kind of like shakes your world a little bit, you know? Um, my PlayStation broke. It's devastating, I know, I know. It's horrible, it's just horrible. Uh, cried a lot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously, um, my PlayStation broke, right? And so, I'm sad, hey, I'm sad about it, all right? It's, it's fine, God's good, he's still good. He's still getting the glory, Amen. My, my PlayStation broke, right? I, I went through a lot to get it. It, it, t- it took a lot to, to find one, and then uh, you, know, you, just, you use it for like a year, and then it just breaks. You, know, you just hit the button, boop, nothing happens. Light doesn't come on. It just goes beep, and that's it. Just a boop, that's it. And so I did uh, what anybody would do if you don't know Nick Napier. Uh, he's basically a, a super genius. Um, and so I took it to him, and I was like, okay, fix it for me. And so he had it for a couple days, told me, hey, man, uh, I don't have great news for you. It's, it's broken. I can't, can't fix it. Well, I, I was like, okay, well, if Nick Napier can't fix it, it's dead. It's just gone. It's a goner, right? Um, eventually, I got one. That's not the point. The point is, and it's a kind of funny example, right? But seriously... When something devastating, devastating happens, it shakes your world. It rocks you. It changes things. Maybe a PlayStation is not that devastating, but maybe losing a child is. Or maybe uh, losing your job is. Right? It's devastating. But what I want us to know today, because uh, if you want to go ahead and flip with me or pull it up on your phone or you know, whatever you want to do, We're in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And what I hope that we walk away with today is that despite devastation, there's always hope in Christ. I'll say it again. Despite devastation, when something devastating happens to you or to someone you know, despite all that devastation, there's always hope in Christ. Now, to fully understand and to fully grasp Isaiah 9, we have to go to Isaiah 8. 
Because Isaiah 9 starts with the, it's a continuing thought. A lot of theologians uh, consider Isaiah chapter 9 verse 1 to actually be Isaiah chapter 8 verse 23. It's just a continuing thought. There's no change in the story. Isaiah is not telling us something different. Uh, God is still speaking to the thing he spoke in chapter 8. And so I'm not going to read chapter 8 because we'd be here till like 8 o'clock. Uh, to read a chapter and a half. That's just a lot of reading for me. And so uh, what I would love to do, I'd just love to story it, right, and just kind of tell us about it. And if you have time this week, hey, read it. It's a, it's a great read. It's really interesting. But basically what happens is God is telling the Israelites, he says, hey, Assyria is coming, and they're going to invade you. They're going to exile you. And then once you're exiled and you're pushed out of your land, then, I'm, then, then Babylonians are going to come in, other people groups are going to come in, and they're going to take your land, the land that I promised you. And then the same thing's going to happen to uh, Judea. And so that's kind of devastating news because here's the thing. When God says something will happen, it's going to happen. There's nothing in heaven, there's nothing in earth, there's... There's nothing above or below that can change it. When God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And since God says, hey, they are going to invade you, it's going to happen. And it sounds kind of devastating, but God says, hey, it sounds bad, but I need you to trust me. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look like something you would want, but you need to trust me. Don't, don't go over here to the conspiracy theorists and talk to them and get these crazy ideas. Don't go to these mediums over here who say they can talk to the dead because why would you consult something that is dead for something that is living? I'm living. They're dead. They're not alive. I am, so I need you to trust me. I need you to believe that I have good for you because here's the thing that God will do. Whenever he gives us bad news, if you want to call it that right, whenever he gives us bad news, he always, always follows it with hope. He never leaves it there. He's never like, hey, you're going to get invaded. There's nothing more. You're just going to get He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He says, hey, you're going to get invaded, but I, I love you and I'm for you, and it's not over yet. So all of that being said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to actually start reading in chapter 8, verse 20, and then we'll kind of transition into what we're actually reading today, which is chapter 9, verse 1, right? So here we go. Chapter 8, verse 20, look to God's instructions. This is Isaiah talking to the Israelites. Look to God's instructions and teachings. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. They will go from one place to another, weary and hungry, and because they are hungry, they will rage and curse their king and their God. They will look up to heaven and down at the earth, but wherever they look, they will be trouble and anguish and dark despair. They will be thrown into darkness. See, there's, there's, there's the hard truth, if you want to call it that. There's the, there's the hard bit of information. It's like, hey, if, if you don't trust me, this is what's going to happen. But here comes God with his hope. He says, nevertheless, right? Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Even if you don't listen to me, even if you don't 
Follow what I've told you. That time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. There again, if God says it, it's going to happen. God says, hey, it's not going to last forever. So guess what? It's not going to last forever. We'll pick back up where we left off. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali, I'm sorry if I ruined the names of that, uh, will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. He's literally predicting Jesus. This is where Jesus would walk. This is where Jesus would spend his time. This is where Jesus would, would, would do miracles, right? This is where Jesus would be. He says, hey, it sounds really bad, but I'm giving you a promise. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. That's John chapter 1. Right? They will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel. You meaning Jesus. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you, Jesus, as a people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you, Jesus, will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You, Jesus, will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. God is predicting Jesus. In the, in, the, in the forecoming invasion, these people saw no hope, but God is giving them Jesus straight up. Hey, it sounds really bad, and it sounds horrible, but I need you to know Jesus is coming. That's the promise to hold on to. He's just saying Jesus. And, and so he's calling them. It says, you will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. He's calling them to remember. Because I don't know about you guys, but anytime anything bad ever happens to me, PlayStation included, I just immediately lose all hope. I'm like, well, my world's over. Um, this is bad. God doesn't love me anymore. He's left, me in the, he's, he's left me in the dark by myself. My PlayStation broke, guys. I'm, I'm done. There's no more hope, right? It's easy when we get in a dark place to forget about Jesus. But God is asking them and begging them, Hey, I came through when you fought the Midianites. See, a quick story uh, that's found in Judges uh, chapter 7. Gideon is leading the Israelite people. He's leading them to fight the Midianites. And God says, you know, there's a lot of people here. And if you all go to battle, then you're going to get the glory for it because you're going to give yourself the glory for it. But the glory comes to me because I'm the one that gives you the victory. So I'm going to prove it to you. Gideon, I want you to ask Anybody who wants to leave, anybody who's afraid, anybody who doesn't want to fight, if you have a wife, if you have a child, whatever, whatever reason you want, you can leave. You can, you can go. Well, if I'm in that army, I'm like, all right, bye. See ya. I have a beautiful wife. Thank you, Gideon. All right, bye. I'm out of here, right? 
he gives them an opportunity to leave. So, 22,000 men leave. 22,000. Not like two or 12. 22,000 men are like, all right, peace, see you, dude. Hey, good luck, by the way. And it leaves only 10,000 people. 10,000 men to fight an army. And God goes, well, how about this? We'll just bring them to the river, right? Bring these 10,000 men to the river and have them drink. And those who drink with their mouths in the river, I want you to send them home. And those who lap it up in their, in their hands and drink it, then, then they'll, they'll be the ones that fight. Well, 10,000 men become 300 men. I don't know, I guess that was just all the rage back then, drink with your mouth in, in the river. Right? Just like, wow, these guys are a group of weirdos. You should go home. Uh, and so 300 men go fight the Midianites, an army. 300 men. And guess what? They win. Spoiler alert, I'm going to spoil it for you, but it's once again, it's in Judges chapter 7 if you want to read it, uh, but they do win, right? God gives them the victory, and so right here, he's reminding them, kind of like what Grayson's been preaching, right? We have to remember how good God is. We have to remind ourselves in, in the coming invasion, the Israelites had to remind themselves, hey, this is bad, and it looks really bad. But God is for us. He was for us back in the time of the judges, and he's for us today. And this is the part right here. It's the most famous Christmas verse. Thank you, Grace, for giving it to me because I love it. It's the famous Christmas verse. For a child is born to us. Verse number, uh, verse 6. For a child is born to us. In classic Hebrew fashion, they want to repeat themselves to show importance. A son is given to us. So God says, hey, don't worry. A child is going to be born to you. It looks bad. It looks really just, it looks devastating. But a child is born to you. And you don't even have to have a gender reveal party because I'm going to tell you what it is. It's going to be a son. A son is coming to you, right? A son is coming to you. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those are the names of Jesus. Let that settle for just one second. Jesus has an infinite amount of things that we can call him. This is just a snippet. He's a wonderful counselor because he wants to walk with you and he wants to do life with you and he wants to hear about your day at the end of it. He wants to hear about your morning when it's bad. He wants to hear about the devastating news he wants to hear about it. He wants to hear about the diagnosis. He wants to hear about the job loss. He wants to hear about it. He's a mighty God. 
see, mighty, I have a definition, actually. Let me, I didn't plan on reading definitions. I, I did like 14 outlines, but anyway. Mighty means possessing great and impressive strength. So a mighty God, he's possessing great strength, and he's God because he created everything. That's who Jesus is. He's an everlasting father. I looked it up this week. Everlasting just means for, uh, forever lasting. Isn't that funny? That's good. He lives forever. He's an everlasting father. He's a prince of peace. When devastation comes, he will bring you peace. If the Israelites hold on to the promise and trust in the Lord their God, Jesus will provide peace. He just does it. He can't help it. It's just who he is. And I love this part of it right here, and this is the end of the portion uh, that I'm going to read today. His government and its peace will never end. He will, he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. There's God again. Will make this happen. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. It's going to happen because God says it's going to happen. Now, we know how the story ends because we have this. But they didn't. They didn't have this. They just had to hold on to the promise. Now, I don't know the exact number of years, but I know it was a, a few hundred years before Jesus would actually come from the time that this was uh, said or written. They didn't know the end of the story. So they supposed that it would be a political ruler, right? It would be a, like a, a government official that would come and, and save them from all this oppression. The prophecy isn't wrong here. It's just the people of that day kind of misinterpreted a little bit. And that's okay. We forgive them for that. Yeah. But the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happens. See, we get the, the end of the story. And if you haven't caught on yet, what's the end of the story? But Jesus came here. A few hundred years later, Jesus Christ of Nazareth would be born. It's the whole reason for Christmas. Jesus says they're broken because of their sin. They're separated from me because of their sin. I'm not, I'm not okay with that. So he chose to leave a perfect place he didn't have to. 
He chose to. Because that's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves you. I'm going to leave a perfect place, and I'm going to be born as a baby, just like you, so I can experience life just like you experience it, just like you see it. And I want to walk the earth. And then he grows up a little bit, right? In the shining moment of Joseph and Mary's uh, parenthood career, they accidentally leave him in the temple, right? I hope, wait, where's Jesus? Oh, I think he's back there. They run back. He's sitting in the temple and he's, he's talking. A child is talking to adults about the father. He says, hey, well, you know you'd find me in my father's house. Grows up a little more and around the age of 30, he begins his ministry. And he teaches and he preaches and he heals he performs miracles, forgives sins, right? And three years after that, around the age of 33, that Jesus that chose to leave heaven for you, for me, that Jesus. Knowing he was going to be betrayed. Knowing it. He gets arrested. And it looks very devastating. that Jesus is put on trial for you. And there's a vote. Hey guys, we have this guy who's a murderer. And then we have this Jesus who's done nothing wrong. Who do you want me to set free? The people in the crowd go, Jesus! We want you to, to be hung so free Barabbas. Free the murderer. We like him better. You stay in the chains. Forget you. And so this Jesus, this Jesus gets sentenced to death and he gets hung on a cross for you. He gets hung on a cross for you with nails in his wrists and nails in his feet fighting for breath in constant pain bleeding dehydrating it looks very devastating. He says, it is finished. And he dies. 
looks very devastating. If I'm a disciple, I'm like, well, what do I do now? My Jesus is dead. I don't know what to do. This is devastating. But three days later, the story isn't over. And three days later, Jesus rose. You can go to the tomb and see it today. He's not in there. He rose. And he rose for you. He rose to give you peace. He rose to give you hope. He rose to give you a future and a relationship with the Father because in rising, he overcame death, he overcame sin, he overcame the grave, and he did it all for you because he was thinking of you when, you were on the, when he was on the cross. He was thinking of you. That Jesus is the Jesus that we're celebrating. That Jesus is why we have Christmas and Easter. But here's the thing. You can't have Easter without Christmas. That Jesus is why it says the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. So bow your heads and pray with me. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for how you love. Thank you that you're committed to us when we're not necessarily committed to you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move in this place. Thank you for listening this week. To learn more about ID Clifton, including our gathering times, small groups, and upcoming events, check out our website at idclifton.com. Again, thank you for listening to the ID Clifton podcast. And remember, love God and love others. See you next week.